0: Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable, board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Dave from Koozie's Games, a company full of fun and laughter started by two cousins. Their first game, By the Vote, successfully funded on Kickstarter in September. Dave, welcome to The bench. How are you doing?
1: Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I am doing well, excellent. I just came back from delivering a number of games to Kickstarter supporters by hand and thanking them, but I am still pumped and excited for what's to come.
0: So just a quick little disclaimer for uh, anybody listening or watching. Uh, although this game is called By The Vote and it's about elections and politics, we're gonna spare people any political talk about the current political environments right. uh, on this podcast. Uh, we're really here just to talk about games and Kickstarters and this just happens to be one that's themed around elections, but I wanna throw that disclaimer out there in case people are concerned that we're gonna get into some hot topics because I promise you, we are not. So let me just start by saying congratulations. Uh, when yes. I just checked the numbers before we got on here, you guys you. hit 30,000, I'm gonna put this in Canadian dollars because it always say it's larger. <laughs> All right. larger. Um, so $30,000 you guys raised yeah. on a goal of 11000 So whatever that worked out to be in American, maybe yeah. it's like 25000 something like that. Um, yeah. 706 backers, quite a number yeah. of backers. And uh, this looks like a fun little game. I, I think just from all the videos and so forth I watched on this, I guess you can best describe this as kind of a little bit of social deduction. There's betting involved. It's like a betting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all around kind of this uh, umbrella of mm-hmm. the current uh electoral system right you're trying That's to become right. president and you're trying to get the most electoral votes. so can you take us through kind of the essence of how this game works can you explain this game uh, is in simple terms as possible
1: sure so uh two to five players or two to five candidates are running for president of the united states and you go through rounds and rounds of bidding on state cards to collect electoral votes. There's two pieces now. Part one, you try to win your party's nominee to become the uh, leading candidate. Then you and a running mate or the second place person uh, need to have a collective score of 270 or more to actually become president and vice president. So a, li- a tad of cooperation with a lot of competition just like the way the system is.
0: So how does that play out with two players? So you're obviously one versus the other. Are you playing then uh, the roles that, you know, the two candidates then in that regard, or how does that work?
1: Yes. In a two-player setting, it is modified. As you can imagine, when the field of candidates is not crowded um, versus when it is crowded. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Uh, it, when it's not crowded, when it's two players, it's heads up, you can, it has to be, one person has to get to two 270. Um, that way, uh, it makes it a little more challenging, uh, but still hyper competitive and a lot of fun reading. And as you, as you correctly nailed, uh, reading the other player or players and candidates yeah. on what they're going to do in their bidding strategies. And it's evolving. Every round is different. Any car can turn up and we can delve more into that.
0: So it's a fast game, right? Like it's 15 minutes. Uh, there's actually a timer. Now, I don't think there's a timer in the game. You either, use your phone or I know on your website, you've got like a, a timer on your website you can click on, but it's 15 minutes timed, right? And then after the 15 minutes, the game ends. Is that kind of where you're That's at? Right.
1: That's right. 15 minutes, the game ends. Uh, we actually, we try to go digital with the timer. We put <laughs> it on YouTube. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, buy the vote game timer. You'll find 15 minute timer uh, running down. Maybe we'll do... F- Uh, different flavors of it uh, every past uh, season or uh, what have you to change things up. But uh, yes, there's a 15 minute timer game end when 15 minutes are over.
0: And uh, so this is kind of the games that I, people that know me know that I like the kind of what you call the gateway games or the casual games where it's under an hour uh, it's something where you can bring, uh, it's not too heavy. So you can bring new players in if you're trying to introduce people into the board game right. world. Right. Um, or quite frankly, if you go to game nights, like I do, and you want to start off with something a little kind of just, uh, kind of ease your way into the night. You start off with a casual game, then you get into something heavier, or maybe right. at the end of the night when, you know, there's still, still stragglers left over and you have a limited amount of time. This could be a game you could pull out for that. When I was going through it, uh, what I thought was really neat is it comes with this kind of like voting booth, right? So you can shield yourself <laughs> you like <that>. yeah. you <laughs> from did, the yeah. other players, which is kind. of, I mean, in terms of thematically, it is is right on, which is really neat. The 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 thematically how you guys have built this out, um, Thank you. it's. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of feels it feels like an election, right? You're you're actually right. casting a vote. You got your little <laughs> voting booth there, which is really right. neat. Um, you've got cards that are. Um, and I know there's a lot of disclaimers on the website that are for educational purposes only. They're either coded, uh, the state is either each card is a state, I guess, and uh, and it's coded blue or it's coded red.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then you have these kind of swing states, which in this case, you've chose yellow instead of purple, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's um, thematically it's kind of set out this way. But from an educational standpoint, if there's somebody like myself, I'm in, I'm in Canada, right? So I sure, still find sure. myself trying to understand the American electoral system, which I'm, I'm sure still a of, Yeah, a lot of people are trying to figure <laughs> out, because uh, it is kind of a unique um, uh, democracy in the States and how that's structured. Right. Um, it's kind of neat how uh, the cards are actually, you have the actual proper number of electoral votes on each of the states. So if you pull up that right. state after multiple playings, uh, you might actually start getting a sense of how many electoral votes are in each of these states and which ones right. seem to lean one way or the other, which ones are swing states. I know that's all over the news, a lot of discussion about swing states in general, yep. and just helping people understand what that what that is, right? It means it's a state that's kind of up for grabs, right? From either right. party. Um, how did you guys um, choose uh, that path to take? So instead of going mm. completely generic, there seems to be a conscientious decision where there's a certain line that you're kind of just on the line of not crossing over, getting into the, getting too political with the theme, but political enough that there's some educational elements to it. it was, was that a conscious decision or how did you guys kind oh, of come up with question.
1: that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I could go on about this question, but yes, it was a very conscious decision not to delve into the political issues too much, make it politically deemed, make it educational that it is a nonpartisan board game that is fun and educational on the basics. Uh, The point is not to ruin uh, game night with a quote-unquote theme game. And uh, one of the challenges that we face even on Kickstarter is because of the theme, um, it was hard to convince people to back us. Uh, At the end, we hustled hard and did what we had to do. But they, we found there are a few examples of successfully uh, kickstarted um, political board games. And we were one of the few. That's something I think we're proud of. Um, but it was an uphill battle. So we, ca- and, and as we try to study some of the ones that so-called failed or didn't meet their goals, I think one of the common threads is that they got too close to the issues, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And we, as you, as you we kind of nicely glaze along but had the feel of uh, like an election with the voting booth.
0: Yeah. Well, as you know, uh, how we first kind of connected was you reached out on the board game binge uh, Facebook group and said, Hey, I've got yeah. this Kickstarter I'm running. Do you mind if I kind of put the post up uh, mm-hmm. that talks about the Kickstarter, which usually yeah. the answer for most people is yes. Yeah. Other than members that just join. And on the day they join within two minutes, they start posting uh, links to <laughs> the different things, <laughs> like try to be in the group for at least a week right. before start doing that. Right. But for yours, because it was politically themed, I was like, ah, oh, let me go. Let me go investigate, right? Because right, one thing right, we pride right. ourselves on in our group is it's the one area we want people to go where they can be free of all the po- politics that mm-hmm. are in the news and taking over, mm-hmm. you know, the news cycle twenty four seven. So, um, and then you and I agreed that you know what it was appropriate because it wasn't too political. It was more about mm-hmm. the electoral system versus, you know, one party or the other or how things are going yeah. in the environment, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. When I got a question on the game. So when I'm looking uh, at, at your, so you're bidding on States, right? So mm-hmm. you've, you've got the States that come out in the middle of the board. Mm-hmm. You have your little voting booth that keeps players from seeing what you're going to bid on. And you mm-hmm. kind of bid on, okay, how much money am I going to bid on each of these different States that are, that are kind of laid out for that particular round. Yeah. Um, and then the person with the mo- when you finally reveal and the person has the most amount of money on a particular state, they win yep. that state. Uh, if they happen to get a swing state, then they get to take a a state from one of the other players, right? As a bonus, they get kind of two states to the price of one. That's right. I've done my my homework here. You did do your homework, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, but here's my question is, um, if you don't bid, I guess it stays on the board and goes to the next round, right? Yeah. Is there ever a situation kind of like in the real world where if you don't spend a bunch of advertising money in a particular state that is solidly one way or the other, there's a good chance you're still going to get that state is was that kind of consideration put in at all uh, as part of this game or was it yeah kind of too deep of a thought you guys thought no that's 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 an interesting question
1: so um we what happens on ties and when states are not bid on they stay on the board and they get stacked upon for the next round and then you have you know you're betting on you're bidding on two states instead of one or becomes three states and it gets it gets juicier and juicier And so for each passing round, what that does is it rejiggers the value of certain states Mm. or stacked upon states that you're betting on. And there's also interesting dynamics depending on who you're playing against, where if someone sees a huge state like California and thinks, oh, everyone else is going to bid on it and no one bids on it. And it gets stacked upon the next round. Uh, New York t- stacks upon a California, and then and then everyone goes crazy on the next round four. So there's interesting dynamics that That's do cool. happen um, where if you so-called forget about California, they don't, don't spend your advertising dollars, the campaign in California, it might just slip to the next round and it still might be up for grabs.
0: Maybe the other guy grabs it. That's an interesting point how did you guys get into this? Uh, So it's uh, you and your cousin, Justin started uh, Koozie's games. Yeah. Um, You're one of many cousins, I guess there's a, there's a massive uh, group of you. And I guess uh, this has always been kind of part of your life. How did you guys get into this? Can you talk a little bit about the genesis of this whole, this whole thing?
1: Yeah. I I started with Justin bringing back board games to family events and gatherings, Thanksgiving, Christmas, grandma's birthday, that kind of thing.
0: Sure. And,
1: Cousins playing board games together, and then uh, after years go by, just say, "Oh, I have an idea for a board game," uh, and I and I thought, "Oh, that's cool. Why don't we work on one?" And then two years go by, finally buy the votes in people's hands. It's it is truly a labor of love, and and the the the, the rewards that we reap is just seeing people derive joy from your creation. I mean, it's just a wonderful. Wonderful thing when you see kids and uh, adults and and teenagers all all ages that we found enjoy what you have created. I I don't think there's anything more rewarding than that. Um, So, and at the end of the day, I think board games are not just, you know, taking you to a fantasy land out of reality. I think it really truly can bring people together like it did for our family.
0: Now, is, are either you like poli-sci majors or what, like what, what got you to choose yeah. politics as your <laughs> yeah. first game?
1: Uh, we're not poli-sci majors, not at all. <laughs> uh, well, so there is a broader social mission that we're trying to help um, teachers teach the basics of the U.S. election system in schools to students. When we've talked to teachers, they said that it is really challenging to teach the what we think one of the most important civic lessons to kids is because it's either perceived as boring or, or stigmatized, um, and so create something that's fun and quick and easy that kids can enjoy, their parents can enjoy, and hardcore gamers can enjoy uh, as a filler game, as you mentioned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that was the genesis. So it, it, there's this overarching goal here of a social mission too that we care deeply about. And we're actually spending a lot of our time besides fulfilling and doing logistics, figuring out how to communicate with teachers.
0: That's cool. And so on that note, cause I, I was thinking about this kind of coming into this, um, you know, this interview, is what percentage of your backers are yeah. Americans versus out of country.
1: <laughs> uh let's see. I'm 70 80%, 75%? Yeah. 70 70% Americans, Canadians make up the next 15,
0: believe it or not. Oh, we always do.
1: <laughs> you right? Uh then the then UK then there were rest of Europe and Australia. Got it. So well, we t- also restricted to, uh, we tried to restrict it to the US, Canada, and the UK, but then we got a lot of inbounds from other countries that we were very surprised about, actually.
0: Yeah, it seems to be the split with Kickstarter where there's um, usually the home country. So if, if you're launching in, in, in the States, then you're going to see, you know more than 60% of your pledges are going to come from the U S then probably next Canada, then across the pond. And you get the flip. uh, If you're launching a game and you're in the UK, you know, you're going to see 60, 65% is going to be Europe and then kind of the rest is spread around the rest of the country. Right. Um, The the one thing that uh, I I really like about this is that um, on the actual cars themselves, for the States, there's a little map. All right. Yeah. And, and it shows you where that state is. Right. And I think from an educational tool, that's where I think out of country is, is pretty cool too, right? This is something I, I would, I would love to have like my kids, you know, yeah. play, because I ask them about things that are happening in the States or, you know, basic U S geography. Sure. sure, And they don't know, they don't have a clue. And I, I imagine right. that's the case uh, around the world. And, you know, anytime that we can have a, a, a fun way and uh, for people to kind of, uh, get their education, that, that's always a good thing. Right. And, <laughs> right. Uh, and it's good because, I mean, as you know, um, you know, the, the American uh, media permeates the globe, right? right? So when someone's right. talking about different States um, you know, even outside the political context, right. Right? right. Just, just in general um, you know, having the next kind of generation of playing games and so forth, have in the back of mind. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, play, I remember seeing on the map, I have a general idea of what they're talking about. So yeah. I think that's uh, that's pretty cool.
1: How old are your kids?
0: Oh, uh, well, they're I got two teenage girls now, uh, sixteen and seventeen.
1: Oh wow! Wow.
0: Yeah, I so it's young. <laughs> yeah. I always get that. I got a young face. Oil of right, La twice great. a day. So, um, so talk to me a little bit about uh, the Kickstarter learning you've had in this process. So thirty oh, thousand is a pretty decent, uh, yeah. you know, uh, f- funding that you, you've received here. How did you go about this campaign? Uh, did you was there any kind of social media tools you used, or what was your kind of base yeah. to, to to generate your?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm an opal kimono on this. Um, it 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 really started before the Kickstarter. I, I, I mean, um, and we what we did was we went to a lot of the board game conferences cons, and just demoed and placed that play tested um by the vote with almost 500 people and just got a huge mailing list we made (laughs) we had a laptop and we, we made people take the survey and sign up and then so we got a strong momentum going into the kickstart because we did that we just there's no better way in quote unquote selling or marketing a game than to play the game with someone sitting down with them eye to eye having fun. And once again, I talked about people deriving joy. I got to see that that many times it was in such a broad range of groups and different types of people. And and it was truly rewarding. So I think it was easier for by the go specific because it was a, Three minute to learn game, 15 minute to play. Yeah. And so I we were at cons, we were stopping man, and people say, Hey, you got 15 minutes, you got 15 minutes. Uh what else do you got to lose? You know, you're just watering around. <laughs> and they would sit down at PAX or Metatopia, NaniCon, Grand Knight Summit, wherever it may be that we went to. And so when people saw that we're doing a Kickstarter and they saw our faces, they were like, Oh, I remember those two guys. glad yeah. um, they forced forced me to play the game. It was actually, it was actually good. It was not a waste of 15 minutes. Um, And in terms of when we're in the Kickstarter, uh, we tried everything. We tried everything. We tried Facebook. We tried Instagram. We tried Twitter. We tried the board game, you know, reviewed YouTube channels. We reached out to everyone, anyone, newspapers, anything we we could possibly do. Uh, We messaged everyone through our phone book that we, you know, it was just hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. Um, and we're blessed to have 706 backers. I think we're more proud about the number of backers and imagining how fitting 706 people in a room, than the money, um, I, I, I've, I've never done anything that bought so many people together in one unified mission to support something.
0: How many uh, email addresses did you guys end up collecting? Like what was, how big was that list?
1: Like around we surveyed four hundred and eighty nine and we probably had four hundred and fifty legitimate emails.
0: Nice. And did you get uh, the um, with the Kickstarter kind of preview link? Did you get a lot of kind of notify me opt-ins before you launched on that as well?
1: Uh, uh, we got a number of those. I think it did require a reminder of our original list of people to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, it's ongoing." You know, you liked it because we know you liked it. We know <laughs> how you responded to it. Uh, and, and and so uh, the service response was uh, 4.3 stars out of five. 96% will play again and 86% will recommend it to a friend out of 489 service respondents. So That's not just friends and family. You run out of friends and family real quick at 489. Oh, yeah. uh, so it was real and it was random people. And so we, we felt really good about um, playing the game. Now, COVID did throw a monkey wrench in our um, marketing campaign during Kickstarter. We were planning to do more conferences, more cons, and doing what we do best and yeah. in interacting with people. Um, but we did our best, and we we, we still got where we uh, need to be, and we're really happy about it.
0: Did you end up using a pledge manager at all?
1: We did not we were first time kickstarter campaigners and we just thought the uh, you know it looked pricey to be honest uh why couldn't we do it ourselves we now know that it's you know a big headache to do it ourselves but here yeah. we are doing it um and like i said we spent this whole weekend delivering about um almost 70 70 games mm-hmm. to people in the tri-state area so um once again we we're we're really big into that kind of physical, you know, close interaction, one-on-one kind of interaction with our supporters cuz you know, we we obviously would not be doing this without them.
0: And then in terms of ads, did you run any Facebook ads or anything like that or what kind of yeah. media did you it was uh, like what kind of a budget did you put behind your your social media? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we 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 spent a lot. <laughs> we spent probably uh Fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. Um, we spend a lot on Facebook, and we, at certain point, we were combating the issue that we were getting blocked for putting up political ads, even though ah, ads
0: were not political. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: We had to explain to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., that we are trying to market a board game.
0: Yeah.
1: And in the beginning, it was they understood and reversed their decisions, and then towards the end, they just had a full blanketed ban, no matter what you are, who you are, oh, yeah. uh, what you're doing, uh, it's a ban. Um, uh, so yeah, so, but we still managed to spend a decent amount of coin.
0: And um, did you, did it work? Did you find that the ads no. pulled in? Like was there, you know, a yeah. return on that investment or?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, the, uh, the conversion rate is probably something in one to 3%. It is quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because we are first timers with no name, no previous track record. Um, so it's hard to say um, if there's any general brand value build. Um, I would recommend if anyone else launched a Kickstarter that for the first time or maybe second time, it, it's trying to get out to those cons. I think those are the best way to interact with
0: people that could potentially back you. And where did you have this manufactured? Where, sorry? Manufactured. Where did you have it manufactured? Oh, we we t- we talked to
1: nine manufacturers, one including one in the United States. We ended up deciding with uh, going with Wingo. I don't know if you heard of them. They're based out of China. Okay. Um, they done a pretty good job in producing a quality game, I would say, and a fair price.
0: And how did you find them? Was it just like through like an Alibaba or was it uh, reaching out based on referrals or how did you choose yeah. that manufacturer?
1: We talked to other board game creators and designers, uh, that've gone through the process and then, um, you know, it was a, it was a decision between kind of, uh, quality and, and also communication and price. So triangulating three in the, in the goalie lock situation. Um, happy to help any of your, uh, you know, listeners on going through that decision-making that's a whole nother segment.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. If you were to look back and do this all over again, what would you have done differently?
1: Yeah, not done a political theme game. <laughs> um, I, I've I've been told by more than a number of folks why didn't you just why didn't you just rebrand rebrand them you know with cats and dogs or something? Yeah, you would have killed. You would have done more than thirty thousand. And I was like, yeah, I hear you, but look. There's a greater social mission that once again, we really care about. And uh, we're really trying hard, reaching out to students and teachers, day home parents, principals, and trying to help uh, increase voter participation for generations to come in our very, very small little way.
0: Yeah, well, it's very- so No uh, regrets, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> So where do you guys go from here? What's like is there like a 2.0 version of this game? Are you gonna yeah. update the artwork as swing states and things like that kind of continue to evolve? Or yeah, what, what's the plan from here?
1: Yeah, you nailed it. We would have to when the census comes out, we would have to update it. Probably every you know, going into every election cycle, we would have to come out with a version, maybe a throwback 1960s JFK version or something like yeah. that to see where the states were. Back then, um, and also uh, bringing out expansion packs and really power up cards, you could get. You could, you, there could be interesting wrinkles that could be thrown in, where the so-called the lesson continues, where this is the basics, and there's more uh, add-ons to how much you can learn about the U.S. election system. It could re- you could really complicate this if you really wanted
0: to. Yeah. Keep leveling it up. Can you see yourselves doing another game outside of this? Like, do you have other game ideas you guys have been working on? Or? Yeah.
1: Jo- Justin is prolific with ideas. I, I try to hold him back from um, <laughs> trying to focus on what we have. We have, we have more ideas than time. <laughs> we have more ideas than time.
0: So is Koozie going to be a, a, a jogger nut at some point, or is it uh, this is kind of your toe in the water and you guys will kind of keep the day jobs while you're kind of doing this on the side or what, what's the plan there?
1: We will, I think we, if we could, in an ideal utopian world, we would do this full time. Um I I've noticed I said in the beginning that uh it's truly about the, it's a labor of love, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh when you factor in everything, considering the time and effort put into it, you know, you, you're not, going into this industry at least my opinion for to to pay for all the bills uh sure. maybe if you have 10 titles you know maybe you can um, yeah. but but certainly not just one and um juggernaut uh you know that that is certainly ambitious but uh who knows we're gonna keep trying i mean we envision doing this for decades to come and by you know, 20 years from now, we're going to have five iterations of this. And maybe this would be a core mainstay classic of when someone the game to pull out when U.S. elections are coming about.
0: Maybe That'll be a dream. Can, maybe it'll be a Canadian version next.
1: <laughs> we could work on that together
0: <laughs> <laughs> when he's of help. Yeah. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Dave, for coming Shit. on this uh, podcast. It's uh, been educational. Your game is certainly educational for those who want to learn about uh, how the election works, which I think is yeah. pretty cool. And uh, I wish you guys all the best of this game. I'm sure it's just going to keep getting more popular as it uh, goes. More people hear about it.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and um, go binge.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot. You take care. Cheers. All right. Take care. Bye now. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.